1: There is a widening split between the province, medical authorities in Toronto, and the provincial experts who advise Premier Doug Ford on the issue of indoor restaurant. Dining in Toronto during the second wave of the pandemic. Dr. Eileen DeVilla continues to insist that indoor dining is contributing to the spread of COVID-19 in the city and she wants it shut down. So do many epidemiologists and the Ontario Hospital Association. Meanwhile, Premier Ford is insisting he would like to see, quote, hard evidence before making an official decision to shut down indoor dining in Toronto.
0: I, you better show me real, real good evidence. So I want to exhaust every single avenue before I ruin someone's life.
1: Okay. Well, what do you think, and would you go to an indoor? Dining Restaurant. The numbers to call 416 360 toll free 1-866-740-4740. And now let's go to James Rylett of Restaurants Canada, Vice President for Central Canada, Dr. Timothy Sly, an epidemiologist and professor of the School of Occupational and Public Health at Ryerson University, and Derek Vallow, co-owner of Pucca, a restaurant in Toronto. Hi everyone, thanks so much for being with us.
2: Hi Libby.
3: Thank you Libby. Okay, Good afternoon.
1: let us start with Derek and uh, you just made the decision to close indoor dining and obviously you've made that decision before you were forced to do it. Why?
3: Well we haven't been forced to do it as you mentioned. Um, we, we certainly have been watching what's going on um, in Toronto and beyond that. Um, and we we were fortunate enough to have a, a vibrant business this summer because of the weather and because of the, the Cafe TO program that literally tripled the size of our patio. Um, and uh, to be honest, it was evident that uh, as this cooler weather has uh, uh, descended upon us, um, in our experience, very, very, very few people are, seem to be willing to come inside. And to be honest with you, um, we, we really felt that the, the stress of managing um, guests in, uh, in the dining room, um, upwards of maybe 20 or 30 people, because that's all we could have handled, um, the stress of, of handling all those people and, and putting that much more stress on our staff, um, not to mention if by chance we did have a positive, um, COVID, um, uh, you know, uh, problem in the restaurant or by a guest and had to shut down, we're a small independent and the public relations nightmare upon reopening would be something that could be devastating to a small operator. So we, we decided to, to err on, on the side of caution.
1: That's uh, interesting. Um I I'd, I'd like to move over to James Rylott because I know there are other restaurants that have had positive tests and have shut down for a bit and and reopened uh, um what are you finding because you know Derek is not the only restaurant that that is looking to do that uh, uh there also uh, Suser Lee who is a very famous celebrity chef is closing the indoor dining there now I know they did have a positive case in staff uh but again you know they were complaining that there wasn't enough direction for the government. So James, how are your members coming down on this?
4: Well, m- members basically just want to decide for themselves. Just as, as others have, have made the decision to close down. Uh, not everyone has that uh, ability. Not everyone has, uh, made, uh, enough to cover their yearly expenses in the, uh, throughout the summer. Uh, most have a lot of debt, um, and they're willing to, uh, go through the stress of making sure that their their customers are safe, making sure their staff is safe. And they they simply have invested a lot in PPEs, they've invested a lot in staff training, and and they want to uh, continue to serve the public.
1: Okay. Uh, Dr. Timothy Sly, you think indoor dining should be shut down. Uh, What's your case?
2: Well, I think, Libby, that uh, we need to just simply respond to where the evidence is. If the evidence shows that it's... Uh, I remember in the very beginning, all the evidence was at long-term care homes. That's where all the uh, cases where hospitalizations and deaths were. Then it moved to the manufacturing. It was the meat packing plants and the agricultural sector. And in the last couple of months, it's definitely moved to the entertainment uh, bars, restaurants, and so on. So the evidence is pointing toward that. We should begin to uh, slow that down because that's... Uh, remember, up till now, we've seen av- avoidable, essentially behavioral second wave beginning to increase and we've got three more levels of that yet to arrive. One is the density as people come inside now because the temperature goes down. Secondly, we've got the elevation of your of your exhaled breath indoors is higher much higher than the surrounding which means it lofts higher in the room it it spreads more before it settles and thirdly we've got the humidity is yet to arrive. In other words, as the humidity goes down uh, the particles that uh, we breathe out evaporate more and they float around longer. So we've got three more additional negative problems yeah, just beginning to arrive now.
1: Mm. Uh, James Rylett, is staying open kind of more feasible for certain kinds of restaurants? I'm thinking about very large ones uh, that can accommodate more people in them and can space them a lot easier. I mean, is this a situation where you can't really make any blanket decisions about all restaurants
4: yeah it's definitely uh, it depends on the restaurant on on what your uh what your customer base is how uh how busy it usually is how much room you have to spread people out and uh um you know some restaurants simply can't even have uh be open at a 50 they just don't have the room so um it 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 makes a difference and uh um, but most restaurants have, have made the choice to, uh, to do all the uh, procedures and uh, precautions and, uh, and reopen.
1: Derek, what do you think about that? I'm thinking it also depends on the clientele, the age of your clientele. If you cater to a younger crowd, then maybe it makes more sense to stay open.
3: Well I think the one comment that James said that you know this is not one one you know situation fits all you know for for Pukka you know the restaurant is is literally 17 feet wide and you know so we were well under the 50% uh, capacity of a restaurant so just just from the you know the the real you know realistic you know Challenges of having enough staff on to look after everyone properly, um, you know. There's just there was not there's not enough room to work with, and there are larger restaurant venues that have a lot of floor space, and they're they're doing an awesome job at spreading people out. So I know the situation, unfortunately, is not equal across the board. Um, we too have a, a, a very vibrant takeout and delivery business that. know we were able to pivot to work into in March and uh, we will continue to do so through the the cooler months and as far as our older clientele you're absolutely right over the past two three weeks um, the few diners that have come and joined us and dined inside have not been our regular clients and most of them are under 40.
1: Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, (laughs) that's a a lot of noise in the background there. Uh, So just, uh, I'm going to take a few calls from our listeners. Everybody else, please hang on. Let's go to Barry in North York. Hi, Barry. Hi, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? What do you think? Um,
4: I think that I like the idea of the Premier saying that he wants to make sure he doesn't want to ruin people's lives. It shows that he cares about the people, um, but maybe he should be talking to Doctor Sly um, because he has evidence that uh, this uh, this will spread. And the thing is, I hope he makes the decision faster than he made the one for nightclubs because I think he should have done that a week before. Because if we don't get a handle on it now, it's going to get worse. And the thing is, you think about the economy, but. If you don't do it now, then you're going to have to shut it down. Each time, each day that goes by, um, the economy is is going to suffer because we're going to have to do more drastic things. We're in a war, and the the enemy is is epidemic, and we've got to fight it. We've got to kill it some way. We just have to do
1: it. Okay, Barry, thanks for your call. Um, I've got to say that in terms of epidemiologists, you know, maybe he should be listening to Dr. Sly and others that the one expert, his top expert, is the one that um, has faced the most criticism for giving very muddled messages. And that, of course, is Dr. Williams. Excuse me. Let us go to Paul in Hamilton. Hi, Paul. Hi. How are you today? Fine. Go ahead. You're on the air. Okay, um, I think Doug Ford should move faster
4: and get us back to phase two or somewhere nearer. It's um, it's if it gets out of hand, then it doesn't matter what phase you're in; you're going to have a problem, and we have a problem. Why is he thinking of the income of these people that own the restaurants and bars rather than the best interest of the public of Ontario?
1: Okay, well, he doesn't see it that way, obviously. But, uh, Paul, thanks for your call. And uh, before we go to a break, Dr. Sly. Do you think we're headed back to stage two? A lot of people think so. I know a lot of people who are very frantically getting things done this week because they think it's all going to shut down again.
2: That's the last thing I want and the last thing most people want. My goodness, I've got a long list of my favorite restaurants that I'm just aching to get back to. But your first caller was right on, Libby. You've got some excellent callers there. Listen, every every time we get a case notified it means that that infection took place about a week ago, roughly. Every time we get a hospitalization, and so the infection took place about two weeks prior to that. And if we see a death, that's about five weeks before. In other words, all of the data we're getting is already one to five weeks old. So in other words, there's uh, nastiness going on in the community that we don't even know about yet. We won't know for another couple of weeks. So we've got to act now to stop a bigger dumpster fire in the future.
1: Okay. And Rudy in Toronto. Hi, Rudy.
2: Hi, uh, Libya. Yeah, if, if a restaurant has gone to the expense of putting up a plexiglass barriers between all the, the booths, and most of the, the seats are booths, and uh, the, the few tables are further away, is that not uh, safe enough? Because there is a restaurant in Lawrence Plaza that has done that.
1: There are lots of restaurants that have done that. I am going to uh, let you go, Rudy, and let Dr. Sly answer that.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, I think this, uh, there are some situations where the people have got enough floor space that they might be able to stretch out like that. And most small restaurants I know, the ones I go to all the time, just couldn't do that. You couldn't run a restaurant all evening with with only two tables occupied, you know, or three or something like that. You need far more. So I think we need to explore those kinds of possibilities if they can do that. But remember now, we're getting more more aware of the fact that it's the continued exposure, even to small amounts that's, that where we see increasing infection going on. So if you can do it, I, you know, Maybe there's a way to work around that on an individual basis, uh, but, but uh, not uh, not uh, the kind of the nestling up to the bar and ordering another beer with all of your mates and shouting in somebody's ear because you can't hear that stuff should have gone a long time ago. I hope it has gone already.
1: Well, they 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 did make an order. <laughs> this is we were cheering because we've been trying to deal with this. You know, had nothing to do with COVID. Is that restaurants are just too noisy? And why do you need music blaring when you're trying to talk to your friends? And that is now verboten, which is good. Do you have any sense, Doctor Sly, of a scenario if we shut down restaurants? How many cases would that avert?
2: Well, we don't know for sure, but I do know that, for example, one week about two weeks ago, some data have across my desk here that over of of, of forty five clusters of cases that the uh, tr- uh, that the case trackers were looking at forty five clusters four of them were in the bar, restaurant, and same business. So clearly the sector that uh, where this stuff, that stuff is moving around in the community is that sector. It's not so much the manufacturer or even the nursing homes at the moment, although they, we've got to watch those. They may be coming oh, yeah. back. Uh,
1: sorry, Dr. Sly, you
2: there? Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, there. Yeah, oh, Did okay. I got out. Sorry. Yeah, I saying that out of about 45 clusters that they were investigating, some 44 of them were in the bar, restaurant and entertainment sector. So clearly that's the sector that, that the, where the activity is happening at the moment.
1: Okay. And James Rylett, I mean, the premier is saying he needs more evidence. And obviously, we're dealing with people's livelihoods. Obviously, you know, there are already restaurants that will make it through this. Um, what do you have to say in terms of, uh, you know, how would a decision like that affect your members? Or is it going to increase the numbers of those who who can't survive?
4: well definitely well it's uh you know the last time we shut down um you have to look at uh, a sit down restaurant uh was losing about 80% of their business um a uh even a, a quick service restaurant is losing over 40% of their business so a small business that's already operating on a on a margins of 5% under 5% uh that's the death that's the death blow especially when they've already incurred uh de- incurred a debt load over the summer um you know we're not seeing those the numbers that uh, are being cited uh, the even the city hasn't cited those they've they've talked about uh, people that may have been in a restaurant and, been, and they're not talking about outbreaks they're, they're simply saying this was an occurrence so we need to see the data I, it, no one seems to have the data that, that is being quoted and uh yeah unless until you have that, that information um all through the summer uh, all the cases and and the right when it started rising they were linked to beaches they were linked to home home uh, um parties they were linked to uh weddings and no one stepped in and said those must be closed. i didn't see the city saying that at the time, but now we we see a few cases where people ha- are happen to be in restaurants uh and and have covid and They want to shut the entire thing down. It just doesn't make sense.
1: Okay. Derek, um, you are a, you know, much loved neighborhood restaurant. I have to say I've been there many times, been on the patio. Um, you talked about the stress of trying to keep indoor dining open with all the restrictions in a small space. So what about the the stress of, of how long have you have you done all those calculations? You know, have you thought about how long this might last?
3: Well, I, I, I think realistically we're, we're into this for, for the better part of, of the winter. Um, unless we see, you know, an, a significant turnaround in the daily cases, um, which I think would build people's confidence that it's, it's safer than it is right now. Um, I, I think that's kind of what we're into. I think we're into a, a long, drawn-out season. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, um, as James said, there's restaurants that are that are barely hanging on by a thread right now. And not everyone has the same choice as as some restaurants do. Um, So I think, you know, I I hate to say it, I think we're in till till the springtime until we can, you know, return to outdoor dining where we have air circulating and uh, it's it's safer, period.
1: Hmm. It's, um, a very, uh, disappointing turn of events. Dr. Sly, in terms of numbers of cases, is, is there any number that might be a tipping point?
2: Well, in terms of uh, number of cases, that's always an unreliable business. However, on a day-to-day basis, I mean, look, in the last uh, five days, we've seen roughly about 300 in, on, in, in, in this, this area, uh, new cases every day. Uh, that's not good news. We want to see three cases, new ones every day, not 300. Remember, that's 300 on top of the one before and another 300 on top of the one before the day before that. But I don't think it's necessarily the, the full winter into the spring. I hope that we can see this turn. See, in theory, in theory, if we had a complete one hundred percent lockdown—something we would dread—complete in in two incubation periods, that's about twenty-eight days. This pandemic would disappear from that community. Just think about that. We could actually squash it. The the virus doesn't hang around. It doesn't stick to doorposts. It doesn't fly around like a fruit fly. It would just disappear. Now, it's difficult to have a complete lockdown. But hopefully, if we can stop the major area where this is spreading around for a couple of uh, incubation periods, it's about a month, then we might see a suppression suppression of that curve. We can begin to see daylight back again and very cautiously remember maritimes have done it already they're flat they've been flat for weeks and weeks now no new cases appearing a handful here and there that's it they you can do it even in canada you can do it and other countries that could do it australia went into their huge second wave and they've brought that right back down to essentially zero again so it can be done within a finite period of time let's aim for that
1: well, there's that big maritime bubble that I don't think anyone's ready for. We're just about out of time, so uh, twenty seconds each to our other two panelists. Uh, starting with James.
4: Um, well, I just want to recognize that we need, need the data. Restaurants are are suffering, and uh, um, we basically need to make these decisions not not take them lightly. If it's decided to go down that road, um, then compensate restaurants for. What they're giving up for the public good and derek
3: i think what i'd like to say is there there are lots of different ways to to support your your local restaurants um whether it's you know takeout or delivery or eating in a restaurant that's able to do it right um make sure you're wearing a mask and make sure you're you're taking all the protocols that uh that you know that are being recommended
1: Okay, on that note, we will wrap it up. Thank you so much, Derek Vallow, Dr. Timothy Sly, and James Rylett. Appreciate your time.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Stay safe.
1: Okay, everybody stay safe, and that's all the time we have for today.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.